My agent called, he said he got some interest in my script I'm glad I didn't tell him that I never finished it I got my cast of characters and outline for the plot I even got a famous classic case of writer's block Get it out of my head 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 Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Welcome to On the Page. This is the podcast that answers all of your questions about the craft and business of screenwriting. My name is Pilar Alessandra, and I'm the instructor and script consultant here at On the Page. Joining me for the third time over the course of 10 years is Wendy Miller. Hello, third, Wendy. Third timers club. That's right. That's right. So we started like way back in the old days around 2000, 2000, 2007, 2008. Yeah, right? we, we were in black and white back That's then. That's right, we were. And then uh, 2011. Four by three. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's 2017 and you are back. That's right. I'm an HD 16 by 9 4K. <laughs> Um, for people who haven't been listening for 10 years, let me remind you about Wendy Miller or introduce you to Wendy Miller. Um, so Wendy is the former vice president of programming and production at Playboy TV. She was also creative director, writer, and producer at NBC Universal. She's also been the executive producer, writer, director at bjane.com. Uh, she was also a creative development consultant at Lifetime, a writer, director, staff executive producer at the Oxygen Network, the producer of The Wayne Brady Show. Oh, and it goes on. She has done um, Inside TV Land, colon, African Americans in Television for TV Land as a producer and writer. Wendy Miller has experience. I can't hold a job, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we were, I forget how this came up, but um, the, the, you said, hey, look, if you ever need somebody to come in, and talk about pitching for reality show. Right. I am happy to do so. Right. Because you have a lot to say about it, considering your experience. And so I was like, well, we're not going to do a class on it, but this does mean coming back on the podcast. <laughs> so that is what we're going to talk about today. Tell, tell me why you were, you were so driven to talk about pitching for, for reality shows. What's, what's going on? Because I think uh, my experience is... Um, no matter where I've gone, when people find out what I do for a living, they say, you know, I actually have a great idea for a TV show. <laughs> I actually went to see a new endocrinologist who said to me, you know what would be a great TV show? And I was like, oh, God. It's like, this office would make a great TV show. I mean, that's what, that's what the world has come mm-hmm. to. Sure. Everyone thinks their life and their world would make a great reality show, or they watch TV and they see, well, they, I could do this. I've, I've got a million ideas way better than this stuff. And it seems like it's so off the cuff and so simple and so approachable that everyone thinks they have the greatest idea for a reality show. Mm-hmm. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what, I mean, look, there have been different, um, uh, different trends in reality shows over the, the years. Just take the course of these 10 years, right? Sure. Once we, we had like home improvement shows and then we seem to have sort of celebrity, celebrity skillful people, right? Like people who weren't celebrities, but they had a great skill and then they became celebrities. Okay. Um, it, it just seems like they've had, we've had different trends. What are the trends right now in, 
in this? You know what? I don't even know how to answer that. Okay. And I was hoping you weren't going to ask me that as you started asking the question. (laughs) Oh, God. Because part of, I think part of what makes me different Uh is that I don't watch a lot of other stuff. Mm -hmm. Because all that would happen is that I would just get derivative pitches. Ah. So I would get a call from, you know, CAA. Do you have your Alaska show? Do you have your little people show? Do you have your uh, uh, trailer trash people building motorcycles show? Because what happens is one person makes a show, just like just like scripted shows. Mm-hmm. They make one, and then everybody copies it. Right. And the copies are never as good as the original. And then you get a bunch of copies, copies, copies. Like, you know, one person did, uh, you know, Storage Wars, and now there's a hundred different shows with that same format. Oh, we found this car. We're going to sell this car, but first we have to repair this car. Oh, we found this apartment. We're going to sell this apartment, but first we have to repair this apartment. It's the same show. So let's, let's bag the idea of trends then. Well, trends are fine, and, and you do have trends. You have the trends of, like, the people who are sort of uh, famous for no apparent reason. Mm-hmm. You have the people who have lots and lots of children. You have the people who have this crazy job. You have the people who seem to be living out on the edge of the, of the wilderness, and they're somehow aspirational. So there's a lot of that. If there are trends, I'm not tracking them, because I just try to stay tuned to what's interesting to me. So let's talk about what's interesting and what's not interesting to you. Well, you know, um, what is interesting to me, this is going to sound really corny, but uh, truth. Okay. So uh, having worked at Playboy TV, uh, I learned a lot about the truth. Because when you're working with sex and you're shooting uh, sex and you're working with people who are putting their marriage on the line, you can instantly spot when something is fake. Hmm. I used to say to people, Aside from the tits, everything on our shows is real. Uh-huh. And it's true, because when you have something with that high of stakes, you don't need to manufacture all the other baloney. So I watch these shows, and instantly I can see what's manufactured and what's fake, and it makes me crazy. So I'm interested in shows that, are, that have truth in them, that are real. But how do you keep the drama going if... I mean, truth can be really boring. Let me ask you something. Yeah. How scripted is your life? Uh... It's not scripted. And how, how much drama is in your life? Uh, you're right. There's definitely. Uh, but, but it takes a long time to get there. Okay. Like so one would have to hang out with me for a whole week to get that week's dramatic peak. Do I'm you sure think there'd be every something. episode of TV is, is produced in a half an hour? No, that's true. That's true. But, but what about those who say, yeah, but we don't have that kind of time. We don't have that kind of coverage. We've got to... No, because people manufacture something. Because people think that everyone has an appetite for like the drama and the excitement, and the neighbors like, "Bitch, I'm gonna kill you!" And da 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 da. All of a sudden, <laughs> my kid is going to jail, and my other kids are like ditching to drugs, and my other kid is dating a Kardashian. Blah 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 blah. That's not real. Mm-hmm. And all of that exists, and it's all really popular. But I'm just telling you, it's not what I'm interested in. So, are there any pitches that come to mind that you can talk about <laughs> um, that that did interest you? And if so, why? What, what was it that made you lean forward, so to speak? Um, yeah, well, it, it, it has to be put in a certain framework. Sure. So uh, most recently, I was at Playboy TV. I just left a couple of months ago. So I'll put it in the framework of Playboy TV. When I was there, um, I got a lot of pitches for shows that people thought I would want, mm-hmm. which were generally really offensive. <laughs> filthy, demeaning to women, just a parade of perversion. 
And every once in a while, I would get a really cool idea. Um, and mostly that had to come with something where I would say to them, please do not pitch me anything you think I want to hear. Because what happens is, when someone would call me up, when a producer would call me up, when someone would call me up and say, I have the perfect show for you, instantly I would hate it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And it's, it's what I think, what I, I think your company stands right. for, and they, they, they're not understanding that. It's a, it's a dead tell. It's a dead tell. Hmm. And so no real successful showrunner has ever called me up and said that. They might say, we've got some stuff to run past you. And there are some tricks that they do that, that a more successful showrunner can do that I would be happy to share with your listeners. But for the most part, if anyone goes into a place and says to the person sitting across the table, I've got the perfect show for you, I'm going to tell you right now, the person across the table is going to be like, ugh. And it's insulting, too, because it assumes yeah. that they know your business more than you, than you do. That's right. right? This, this is what you need as opposed to, you know, let me tell you a story. It's through their prism of your business. Mm-hmm. And they have probably have no idea. Or they've been reading the trades. And they say, well, I saw a deadline that you did the show about crime, so I'm bringing you five crime shows. Well, guess what? I've just greenlit five crime shows. Why do I need your five crime shows? Also... Do your research because, my gosh, how many times have I been pitched a show that I have running on the channel? Oh, really? Wow. It's the same name. <laughs> and this one woman, this woman, this, well, I'm going to say she's famous. She's famous in her own, she's famous in her own apartment. This famous, quote, unquote, sexologist came in and pitched me the show, which we were already in our second season. And I said, we are doing that show. And she said, well, why don't you cancel it and just pick up my show? Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Again, it's not that difficult to find out what a network is running. You can look it up. So if you think you have the perfect idea for a network, don't preface it that way. Do your research. It's probably low-hanging fruit there, and it's also Moppy. Do you know what Moppy is? No. So Moppy is, MOP is a, an acronym for most often pitched. Oh. So I would get a lot of moppy ideas. At Playboy, the moppiest shows were strip club shows, naked cooking shows, game show, where if the couple doesn't get it right, a strange guy has to have sex with the guy's wife. Or, or the prize is a girl, as if, as if a woman is an object that you win. And they're pitching to me, a woman of a certain age, and I would just sit there looking at them like, what the heck is wrong with you? <laughs> but in the back of my head... I, I just like dying because so many terrible pitches kind of made my day. <laughs> I mean, to get kind of meta about it, if there was a reality show about you in that job, oh, yes. that would have been hilarious. We could have watched that all day. Spectacular. <laughs> no one would believe it. And for years, my boss said, we should have been filming all of this. And I said, no one would have been as loose as they were. If we <laughs> That's had, true. If we had cameras, people would probably not have said as many of the offensive and stupid things. That I know I would have said at least half of them. Mm-hmm. But yes, no doubt. It was an absolute, an absolute TV show every single day in that place. And the scripted stuff, the unscripted stuff, everything. People would come in and just make these mistakes on the regular. And it was maddening for me. Okay, so as far as pitching a truth, not saying this is, this is what you need um, or I've got the perfect show for you, um, how big are you on, on people sharing their own personal inspiration as they 
slide into a, a pitch. It's something that we talk about a lot when we're pitching fiction, pitching TV or, or feature. Right, and, and I like that because it's coming from truth. Mm-hmm. So if someone says, I spent six years in a convent mm-hmm. and I got out of a convent and now I run this... Uh, now I run this apartment building that's filled with people who used to be in a convent and it's wacky, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's called, you know, new habits. And <laughs> <laughs> I like that. And, and did so, you get that? Huh? I, you- yeah, I, I just bought that a half hour ago. I, <laughs> I just, uh, could you just go on to daddy and buy new habits.com? <laughs> and, um, and so if, if someone says it, then I know that they've got institutional knowledge. That's another thing. They have the knowledge. So, mm-hmm. I love if it comes from their life because another thing, working at Playboy all those years, I learned a lot mm-hmm. and I knew a lot. And so people would come in and it's like, pitch me a show about swinging. And they say, it's a show about swinging. Da, 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 da. And I'd say, well, what do you know about swinging? Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. So they, they would only know the concept of it, not actually what is story worthy within it. Right. And I would imagine that's another don't in a way, right? That people go like, I, I want something about uh, the secret lives of chefs. You know, well, what do you know about the secret exactly. lives of chefs? It would just be a great show. We dude, should do that. Dude, there's so many chef shows, but nobody's doing this one. I'm telling you. Are right. you a chef? No. Do you know anything about food? No. <laughs> do you think about secrets? No. Do you own a TV? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or another another common mistake, and I guess this is turning into sort of like a, a cautionary thing, and I'd be happy to turn this around and be, become positive, but let's That's just talk right. about a couple of mistakes. Do not pitch a show you can't possibly produce, mm. which, for instance, a gentleman came in and pitched me a show where he said, okay, during NFL football games in the lower corner of the screen, whenever they score a point, there's a girl who takes off some clothes. And I go, what? <laughs> like, so it's like they hit a, you know, they score a field goal or they hit a touchdown. She'll take off some clothes. I'm like, wait, what? what? And I said, so wait, like in every market, you've got this square down there and every single different game, whoever's watching the game, there's some sort of score and there's some sort of girl in every market who takes off clothes and then Monday night football, Sunday night football, every single channel, every single market. And, and have you talked to the NFL about this? Do you think the NFL wants to have a, a square in the corner? Like, are you going to broadcast through their feed? And he goes, well, we haven't worked it all out yet. Uh-huh. This is his first pitch. Okay. Yeah. But let's say he said, yes, we, we absolutely thought about it. And what we're going to do is, you know, create this proprietary filter, uh-huh. right, that... Uh-huh. that uh, um, only Playboy gets, you know, if you watch a Playboy channel, then we have this in the corner, blah, 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 right? right? Like that kind of thing. To have an answer, right? Sure. Might have made you listen more, perhaps. Absolutely. Because there are a lot of people listening right now going, that is a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> if they said, we actually have permission from the NFL, here's our, here's our letter. Ah. We have uh, an agreement with the NFL. We mm-hmm. have an agreement with uh, Nike that all the clothes she'll take off will be Nike underwear and blah, 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 blah. I would go, okay, well, that's impressive. And then we would start talking about how we could actually like accomplish this, which is impossible to accomplish. But yeah, because I'm lawyered up as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there are 25 lawyers standing behind me who are not, also not going to let me greenlight a show that's got something stupid in it. <laughs> so even if I fall for some pitch, like, you guys, oh my gosh, every time they score, a girl's going to take off her clothes. And then our head of legal is going to be like, who's got the rights to this? Oh, I forgot to ask that. 
<laughs> just such a good idea. Get back to that. I had to make the I had to make the appointment with Wendy. <laughs> get back to that guy. So it's it's not only uh, can you make it physically, but can you make it legally? Yes, right for sure. Because people pitch things that they don't own the rights to. Mm, interesting. Oh my goodness. So so far, in addition to the stuff you were saying up front, we also covered. Um, making sure that you have specific examples to back up your concept, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And also, even if you have that, do you have the rights to certain things within it? Right. Um, and, and I would imagine physical production comes into it as well. You probably have things that are like, we are going to travel all around the world, right? Right. And, we- <laughs> and we're going to do this show for $100,000 an episode. <laughs> right. <laughs> And I go, okay, so you're going to travel around the world and you're going to have a crew in every city. Yes. <laughs> and we're going to da da And I just look at them and I go, well, you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> and that's a red flag. Mm. So, you know, there's a, million, there's a million ways you can mess up. Very few ways you can get it right. And so, and, and here's something that a lot of people don't realize. And you sh- this, this holds true for all pitches. When you walk into that room... I'm not sitting there hoping you suck. I want you to be awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm cheering for you. I want you to have a great idea. I want you to be great because that means you make me look great. You make the network look great. I'm not sitting there going, ugh, another idiot. I'm just going to crap all over this Right, idea. right. No, you're playing with house money. <laughs> so you come in there with all of the support in the world, and it's yours to mess up. <laughs> Anything. So, so that's probably why people get so angry. Because like, oh, not only did that waste my time, but now I don't have anything that's right. that I can present that week to my bosses who are waiting for me to find the, great, the best idea. And I can't until somebody comes in with a terrific pitch. That's right. Oh, I, that I, is frustrating. Yeah. I don't want people to come in there. And, I mean, I, yes, okay. I did want people to come in there and be idiots because I got a lot of material. It's very funny. <laughs> but I also wanted people to come in there with better ideas than me. Otherwise, I'm just the one coming up with the ideas that go on the channel. Now, what about visuals and also length of time? So visuals are interesting. Some people, this one woman pitched me a show. She brought in a burlesque dancer. She brought in all these other things. You really don't need all of that, (laughs) Um, especially the burlesque dancer. What does help, though, is if you can put together a really nice sizzle reel, if you, can, if you could produce something for your show. And by the way, this isn't for broadcast, so put whatever you want in so there. So you really can. In this case, you can take pieces of other things yep. as long as you make sure it does not go out in the world. This is not to be put on a YouTube public channel. That's right. This is just to show in-house to you when pitching. That's right. If you can tell the story of your show using clips from other existing stuff, or if you want to shoot stuff, that's fine. That's going to help you a lot because it's a visual medium. So if somebody brings in a sizzle reel or emails me a sizzle and says, hey, I've got this project, we shot something, I'll look at that first. Also, putting together a deck, which is basically a PowerPoint that has just a few pages, explains the format of the show, maybe has some images. Again, I know know in instinctively that they're not the actual images from the show but it helps me to see it now do you have to show that deck on as a powerpoint on your computer or it can you print it out and and it gets turned into a lookbook people do it different ways okay some people have hard copies other people just bring in an ipad and just flip it or you know uh this one guy that um 
I'm going to back up a little bit. When I first started at Playboy, I reached out to a bunch of people, and nobody wanted to give us their... Nobody wanted my money. And I hired this one producer, a pretty well-known reality producer, and he said, yeah, I'll do shows for you. And then he realized what I wanted, and he started yelling at me. And he said, you know what? You want me to produce what? You don't get to ruin my career. I get to ruin my career. And I'm like, oh, okay. Okay, go ahead. Ruin your career. Completely dressed me down. Mm-hmm. A couple of years go by, my phone rings, and it's him. Hey, I've got some shows I want to pitch you. <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I just remembered how much of a jerk he was to me, how completely hostile he was, because I just am that person. I didn't forget it. He came in with a 35-inch like TV monitor that he said he likes to carry with him because he likes to show things on his monitor. He doesn't know. And it's true. Sometimes the IT is wonky and you can't get this thing. The cable isn't working. So he brings all his own gear. So he has a laptop. He's got this giant stupid monitor that he's schlepping with him. (laughs) He sets it up at the end of the table and I'm just sitting there the whole time. Full disclosure, I hate him because he completely screamed at me for trying to hire him. Sure. And so this, this time, I'm not sitting there waiting for him to succeed. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting there waiting to tell him to screw <laughs> off. I am. That's the kind of person I am. I'll admit it right now. So he brings in his stupid TV monitor and his computer and all his other gizmos and his people. He sits there, and for 20 minutes, he tries to get it to work, and it doesn't work. And I'm just sitting there just laughing. I'm just dying because, again, could have just been five sheets of paper. It could have been whatever. It could have just been on... He could have just given it to me on a thumb drive. I could have played it anywhere. But instead, he's like, no, 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 i got to play this on my monitor. <laughs> high definition, blah, blah, blah. And it didn't work. And then he, and then he pitched me a truly terrible show. Uh, and I, you know. It's inside you're applauding. Yay, thank goodness it's bad. Yeah, thank goodness it's bad. Because if, it if it was good, you'd have to. I'd take it. Yeah, you'd have to. But then I, you'd I make his this, life miserable in other ways. No, I'd have to eat my pride. Because ultimately, again, I want to succeed. And I succeed by having good shows. Mm-hmm. So I have to sort of, you know, I got to sweep my ego under the, under the rug for that one. So if people bring in visuals, they don't have to bring in tons. They don't have to bring in their own fancy monitor. No, please don't. They don't have to try and give Wendy a lap dance during, during her, her... It was a burlesque dancer. <laughs> okay. um, I have been offered bribes, though. Have you really? Pitch meetings, yeah. That that's just seems odd. Like this couple came in from this production company <laughs> and they were and they were pitching me, I'm not kidding you, they were pitching me um a version of the TV show Green Acres. You know Green Acres? I sure do. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm obsessed with vintage television. So. I know. So they pitched me Green Acres, except their theme was that it was a reality version of Green Acres and it was all gay. So <laughs> I'm like what? So they're pitching me gay Green Acres, right? And I'm I'm just looking at them like, I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> And I said, you know, I would love to keep talking to you, except this is a horrible idea. And also, I need to go to Pier 1 because I've been looking for this giant three-foot spoon, and I found one at the Pier 1 in Studio City, so I've got to go pick it up. Because they have this like, the big three-foot spoon to hang on the wall. I had the fork, <laughs> and I needed the spoon. And I just told them. And this woman said, if we buy you that spoon, would you consider buying our show? Was, was she joking? No, that? no. Wow. The people who brought you Gay Green Acres, how much of a sense of humor do you think she had about things? No. <laughs> if she thought that was a viable idea, she's thinking this is a viable bribe. What, what? Okay, so what was it that particularly turned you off to that idea? Was it the fact that they thought that 
wouldn't it be funny if like the only thing that made it funny to them was the fact that they were happen to be a gay couple and so they thought they could just like poke fun at that was that what was so offensive about it or was it it was just like there was no other thing to it other than they were a gay couple so it's just making green e- green acres or, no, you know your audience it was basically it was just like pitching a sports show at <laughs> At, you know, the wrong network. We weren't a gay channel. I mean, that's it. Okay. I mean... And, 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 right. You're not doing, you're not we doing vintage TV remakes. As gay couples it in was reality. Play, it was Playboy. I was pitched... I was once pitched by the same guy who pitched me the NFL thing. Uh-huh. He also pitched me... He prefaced it by saying, do you know anything about vintage TV? And I was like, I'm going to kill you. And he goes, <laughs> he goes, I got a show for you. The Dick and Dyke Show. <laughs> And I go, what? And he's like, oh my god! Straight guy lives with a lesbian. Hilarity ensues. Oh no! Yeah, no! Yeah, because uh, I mean, I want to give him props for for that title. It's so ridiculously, this creatively is a, stupid. This is another. But this is another mistake. You have a great title and nothing else. Right. Right. And a lot of people do that. A lot of people do that. And they just think, okay, we do this, and then it all it It'll all, all just, everything else will work itself out. We got the title. We, we, we got the title. <laughs> you, you guys can figure everything else out. We did the hard part. I came up with the Dick and Dyke show. <laughs> you obviously, and by the way, hilarity ensues. Oh, no. He literally said hilarity ensues. How, how much... Uh, how much time should somebody allot for a pitch from the time that they come in the door until they leave? Well, that's such a great question because you have to know how to read a room. Mm -hmm. And I would say that if someone could not tell how completely bored or angry I am, because I have no, I have no filter. I have no poker face. I have known you for a long time. And that is true. It's all right here. (laughs) It's I'm, I'm, as my boss said to me, my inability to mask my feelings is strangely helpful to my coworkers. <laughs> if you can't tell that you have lost me, you can't produce a TV show. Ah. And so I would say when you go into that room, the best thing is to have more than one idea. Here's how it should go. Okay, I've got an idea for you. The show is Lawnmowers on Space. La, 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 la. You know what? We're not interested in lawnmower shows. Okay, here's another idea. Da 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 da. What would happen is someone would pitch me lawnmowers in space, and I would say, I'm not interested in lawnmowers in space. And a rookie would go, No, 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 you're not getting it. Let me tell you why. Lawnmowers are going to be really big, and so is space. You guys have seen Star Wars, right? You're totally no. Do you know how many lawnmowers were sold last year? <laughs> Think about it. If you do lawnmowers and space, you know, I don't want to show about lawnmowers. No, 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 no. You had the space part. I don't want to show lawnmowers in space. No, no, no. You're totally missing it. And they're arguing with me. Right, right, right. I'm the buyer. Right. You want a Buick. I don't want a Buick. You want a Buick. I don't want a Buick. I'm telling you why you want a Buick. I don't want a Buick. Sure. Sure. And so that's a rookie mistake. And when someone, everybody, you just need to get out of your own way. Right. And so anytime anyone would do someone stupid, I'm slowly keeping score on my head. And someone starts pitching me something badly, fighting with me. What, why would I want to give them millions of dollars and be in business with them if they're going to be fighting with me over lawnmowers in space? Now, is there a way to turn that around? Like, you've said no, and the savvy person says, oh, she doesn't want lawnmowers in, in space. What would be the smart thing to do? Segue to another pitch and say... Fast. Okay, and say, uh, okay, totally get that that's not what you're looking for right now. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you about this. Yep, that's exactly right. Okay. Okay, I get that. Here's something. Uh, this is a show about three little people 
who live in a house and the ceilings are really high and it's called lofty goals. <laughs> Wait, are you making this stuff up again? <laughs> of course I am. <laughs> <laughs> And there's no ladder, and okay. they have to figure out how to get to the loft, because that's where the kitchen is. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of little people shows. There's a little people show on Lifetime. Yeah, it's doing really well. I don't want to be derivative, so I don't want a little people show. Okay. Here's our next show. Like, okay. It's just like that. Just going to the next one. Just go to the At next one. At a certain one. point, uh, do you think that it's helpful when you keep saying, I don't want a Buick, for somebody to say, what kind of car are you looking for? Yes. Okay. There is a point. But there's the, way, there's the right way to ask it. Okay. Um, for instance, there was, a <laughs> there was a dominatrix who came in to pitch me a bunch of, sh- a bunch of shows. Um, and I knew she was a dominatrix. She told me she was a dominatrix before she came in. Uh, she told me which dungeon. It was by the Del Taco. Well, that's um, good to know. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, she was pitching me a bunch of horrible shows, and she was arguing with me. And the more shows she pitched me, the faster I said no, mostly because I was really excited to say no to a dominator. <laughs> she did not like it. So she would just say, okay, I have another idea. It's about, no. And she would just like stare at me like she couldn't. It was, it was really fun for me. <laughs> did um, she ever reach for equipment <laughs> at any point? Did you just see her like, oh, no. I can take care of myself. Um, but yeah. There's a time to ask what you're looking for. Some people do it before the meeting starts. Is that a good thing? Well, that is a good thing because what if the meet, before the meeting starts, they say, what are you looking for or what are you guys sick of hearing? Ah. So a real smart, a smart producer would come in here, blah, 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 exchange pleasantries, here's your bottle of Arrowhead water, blah, 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 look at the artwork, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so what are you guys like? What are you guys getting all the time? What's really moppy in here? Ah, interesting. And I would go... Strip club shows, naked cooking shows, da 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 da. So now, if that's in their deck, that's in their list, they're going to wipe that out, which is a really smart move because once they pitch me one of those shows, I told you I'm keeping score in my head. Right. And it's like, oh, someone else just pitched me a naked cooking show. Right. So that, and that also acknowledges, I get that you hear all these yeah. pitches. I get that there are things that are derivative out there. I'm not going to pretend that I know what you're sick of, let me ask It's this. a pro move. Right. It's a pro, and I'm happy to share it. On the other hand, if he'd said, so what are you looking for right up top, couldn't you have been like, don't you know my network? Don't you watch my shows? I wouldn't say that. Because okay. my, I had a stock answer for that, which was 100% true, which was, I'm looking for things that you probably don't think I want. Oh, interesting. Surprise me. Okay. I'm looking for the stuff that nobody seems to be pitching me. Hmm. And pe- that people kind of go back on their heels and they'd be like, mm. and then they pitch me the show where a girl has sex with three guys and then dates one of them. <sighs> I'm like, that's not what I'm looking for. <laughs> that's not I am not surprised by that show. Pitch, I've pitched that show at least a dozen times. Now, um, how many pitches do you think sh- somebody should come to a meeting with? Do you, do you think, I mean, if they have just one and it's got all these visuals and it's got a... Um, a deck and it's got a celebrity attached and all that stuff. Is it okay just to have one? Sure. Okay. Absolutely. I mean, that sounds like a really solid pitch because it has all those things attached. That's right. But if it doesn't, if it's just an idea, maybe good to have a couple of ideas, right? Right, Because you're not going to get unlimited shots at coming into my office and pitching. You're not going to get unlimited shots to walk into history channel or into travel channel or into HGTV and pitch shows. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So this is, a, this is an opportunity that you need to take advantage of. So either be incredibly prepared with a lot of things that are already sort of in place mm-hmm. or have some killer ideas that, with specifics that you can go to and uh, let's say when the first two aren't landing, you've got two more. And read the room. And read the read room. Read the room. Now, if you were, as somebody who was going in and now you're the person pitching. I've, you know, I've, you, I've been on both sides of the table. That is true. So when you go in, how do you read the room? What do you look for? What do you look at? I look to see if people suddenly lose interest, if they get bored. Okay. They start reaching for their phone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some people are even less subtle about it. They just kind of like look around. Like you can tell if someone, you can tell if you've lost someone. So, so would you then stop everything and just say, any questions? Would you segue to the most interesting part of it? Would you call them out on and go, oh boy, I'm losing you. Okay. What do you want to know? Well, I do have a burlesque dancer that I bring with me. So that's I, good. No, um, it all depends on the relationship I have with them. Mm-hmm. Um, some people that I have like a personal relationship with, I could say, okay, look, I can see that none of this is working. What are you guys really looking for right now? Mm -hmm. Maybe I have something that I haven't really sort of fleshed out that I can come back with. I could see that. Mm -hmm. Um, it all depends. Some people are just, this is true with scripted and unscripted as well, but Mm -hmm. I've noticed a lot of people who work in TV development don't seem to like TV. Hmm. This has hmm. been my experience. I love TV. You're right. Love, 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 love. And so I'm always happy to talk about it. But I feel as if sometimes I go into some networks to pitch shows mm-hmm. or to talk about TV or to talk about whatever, and I can just tell that the people are there and they don't even really like TV. That they're either there because they were working someone's desk and they're, they've got like a business degree or they're, they're not there because they're not actually creators. They're sort of there because... I don't know why. Maybe they're, you know, the money and the yeah. ladder and yeah. power. Mm-hmm. So what do you do with somebody like that? I mean, listen, you, you, you get what you get and you don't get upset, right? <laughs> it's like the DMV. You're either going to get someone snarky or you're going to get someone nice. Right. You get pulled over by a cop, you're going to get someone who's going to be nice or you're going to get someone who's going to be a jerk. Yeah. So you just have to make the best of the situation. I would go in with as, with as many concise ideas that I had. I would not overwhelm them. I would have all good ideas. Um, I would have sizzles for everything that I could. Um, and I would only pitch things that I believe in because I'm just tired of, I got so many pitches from people for shows that I knew they did not believe in. And I'm just, I'm I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to produce a show that I don't believe in. I'm not. Mm -hmm. And so maybe that means, um, I'm going to sell fewer shows. Maybe I'm just being crazy but I want to produce shows that I believe in. And that way I'm not going to do anything derivative and I'm not going to do anything hateful and I'm not going to do anything fake. Okay, so I'm going to turn this around as though you're the producer who might have to then take uh, an idea for, uh, for a show okay. to somebody like you and um, ask you to take an idea and turn it into what, where it would actually be a viable TV show. So this happens to me a lot now. Okay. A lot of people are coming to me. I've got this little cottage industry now where people are actually coming to me and saying, you know, you've got this experience. I have this idea. How do I turn this into a pitch? Awesome. And it's actually been really kind of fun for me because now I get to help people and I also get to be honest with people. And I actually learned something taking your class. You are so 
nice. I am a nice person. You are a nice person. And I heard a couple of pitches in this class, and I thought, well, you obviously have no understanding of the time you're talking about, and you're in the wrong decade for the story that you're pitching. <laughs> if someone pitched a thing about a thing, and it was in the wrong decade, and, yeah. the whole, and I was like, open up a book, dude. You're in the wrong decade. <laughs> and I would have said that because... That's, you know, I was kind of, I guess I was sort of like a TV dominatrix. I don't know. And so people will come to me and they'll say, I have an idea for a show and I'm always honest with them. And Mm -hmm. I'll say, okay, that's a really good idea. But all of this other part is really stupid. (laughs) And I'll tell you why. Right. But I think that's also like when you're really in the nitty gritty of it. Like, for example, just just to defend my niceness for a a moment. um, (laughs) I love to defend it. In a classroom situation, everybody is just birthing ideas. And they may, and, and my job is, is there story there? No. We can, we can figure out what decade that like story should be. It's like a sacred brainstorm. I get it. Right. You don't want exactly. to crap on people. Right. And also, I may not know. I may be wrong. And my job is not to, to, you know, sort of tap anybody with historical accuracy stuff. The only thing that I'm good at is making is finding the story within the idea. And then we can, we can make sure that there's, there's historical accuracy and all that stuff. But if there isn't even a story there, right. eh. so, so I'm, my job is always to say, okay, I see the possibilities. Yes. Let's, and, and my notes will often just say, hey, make sure of this, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, but so, you, but yeah. You, your, job is not to, your job is not to crush souls. Not, no, that, you, that was my old job, so. Oh, no, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, but, but in my case, if someone pitches me a show, I might say to them, you do realize that this show exists. <laughs> right. Like, you can keep going down this path, but this show exists. It does. <laughs> yeah. Well, in your case, you know, time is money. I mean, you, you know, and if somebody's hiring you, they really need every, the specificity, yeah. right? They need every single detail, which is why, okay, so, so uh, I, I was wondering if uh, we could try this out. Sure, okay. let's do so it. So I want to let you know right up front, I would never, ever, ever be in a reality show or have a reality show about me, okay? Same here. So that's why I'm saying let's use on the page as okay. a reality show idea Got because it. it will never happen ever. <laughs> and it's not your dream. It's not my dream. No. Don't want it. So, so you know. Disclaimer heard. Right. So you know what, what I do here, yep. right? We've got classes. We've got consultations. We've got the podcast. Right. Um, there are writing groups. There are writers. Uh, I've got my, my home life, you know, uh, husband, two kids. Um, so tell me, wh- where would you start? Where do you think the show would lie for a reality show about on the page? Well, um, I guess the, okay, so this is a workplace reality show because basically what you're doing is you're running a school. And so the, the reality show is set at your writing school and it's all the people that kind of circle through that you help. And this seems to be a serialized show. This is not a one-off show where every episode is sort of nightly, nicely te- uh, tied up in a bow. Oh, so we get to know sort of a cast of characters yeah. and we're going to draw through relationships week be, after week. This is going to be serialized because you're going to follow the arc of different people, much like in an actual sitcom, mm. which if you think reality shows are not scripted, think again. <laughs> but I, what's the hook? Yeah. Is there... What's the... 
I mean, if you want to pitch me a reality show, it's like, and again, you would be like a typical person saying to me, oh my gosh, dude. Right. So much happens here. This is the coolest best. This would be a total reality show. So, so I guess I'm putting that on you is like, what do you think? I would say to you, what's, what's weird about this place? What's weird about this place? So I could, we could talk about, you know, well, you know, people come in and they pitch ideas that often, um, reflect uh, experiences in their own life, okay. right? So, you know, there's there's that, you know, maybe digging into that. Um, what's weird, sometimes people do have completely outrageous ideas. Those could be funny. Um, they're, they're also really touching ideas or really interesting ideas, so that could be entertaining. I don't know. So if you took a look at your work day, mm-hmm. let's say if you took a look at the last three weeks of work, uh-huh. could you boil that down into one scintillating half hour? I don't know if it would be scintillating. Let me think. Yeah, I guess, you know, um, it, it, it is interesting to me. Remember, we're not making the show and we never would. Yes. And anybody who comes to on the page is in a safe place. Don't worry about it. There are no cameras. This right? is fake. Yes, completely fake. But I guess, I guess um, one thing that's interesting to me is I never reach for the story under the story. I really would prefer to know that this is just, that these are just fictional characters. But often somebody's real experience does come into it because they'll use that and say, well, the reason I wrote that is because it really happened. Mm -hmm. Or um, I can't add that detail because it didn't happen. And I'm, uh, you know, let's say in these three weeks, yes, there were some interesting lives I found out about. You know, or just in the process of, let's say, you know, they're a client on Skype and there was a family thing going on in the background. You know, there's this sort of personal that I I get to be a fly on the wall with that I didn't expect in this job. Here's what I think. I think that you should sell this as a scripted show Uh and it's a writing teacher who at home writes under a secret identity (laughs) and is a very frustrated and angry writer and spends all day helping other people become better writers and then at home can't get shit done see you know it's so funny because everybody assumes that that that's my life and it completely is not you know they're like i didn't assume well, it was your life well you must write right you, you must that you, you did this and, and you failed right it's like yeah <laughs> i failed at something and that's why i do this job that i love because i failed at but something you can't do it's, teach right right exactly no. it's, it's it's i understand the concern but it's so insulting i can't even tell uh, what's you what's the most hacky, what's the most hacky setup ever <laughs> It is. So there may not be. So so let's you, go. You let's have go your for, cast of characters. Who yeah. are they? Like, do you have your assistant who's constantly doing something? Do you have the other people coming through here? Like, you know, look at look at all the workplace reality shows. You look at Pawn Stars. Right. You look at, you know, all these other places where they're building something. They're making something. They're creating. Like, what are you doing here that people would want to see? See, that's that's a great question asked because the 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 answer might be yeah, not much. You know, it's a it's a pretty personal job where I have creative people who act nicely to each other, <laughs> who have wonderful ideas. Really, for the most part, they do, and uh, and we get stuff done. That's not really a show. I have neighbors who have an unconventional house, mm-hmm. and a production company actually wanted to do a reality show about them, and she came to me and she said, "Big production company," and she mm-hmm. said, "You know, they want to do a reality show." Da 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 da. And I said. Why would you ever do this? <laughs> she goes, well, you know, I was an actress. And I said, all they're going to do is make you look like garbage. Right, right. There's no one it. sympathetic. Yeah. They're going to make you look like crap. 
They're going to make everybody look like they're fighting. They're going to make everyone look like a psychopath and a narcissist. Like, why would you invite that into your house? Because even if it's not true, you're going to watch that show and you're going to say, what did you say in that confessional? Did you really say, you really think that, don't you? Right, right. And it's just going to blow up everything. Yes. So that's great advice to leave this on to. Don't be in a reality Don't. show. Don't do it. Um, now, let's say, uh, let's, let's leave somebody with something positive. Because as we found out on the page, it's too boring really to even be a re- reality show itself. And we've got a lot going on here. So that might mean that you guys need to look at your own ideas. Really, is there a show there? But... What would tell you that there is a show there? Like, like let's say we give uh, like three things for people to think about so that they do get brave enough to create the, the, um, the lookbook or what did you call it? I'm a sorry. sizzle reel? A sizzle or reel a deck. and a deck mm-hmm. because they go, you know what? But I have these things. What would you be looking for? So it's three things. I would say probably um, first thing is what really excites you? Mm-hmm. What's really, what do you have your core competency, your core knowledge in? Like what can you talk about for days and days and days? And this is a good place to start because this, if you could produce a show about something that you love and can talk about for a long time, you'll be in great shape. Like if I, started to, if I tried to do a reality show about math, mm-hmm. we'd be in big trouble. And so I, you know, mostly focus on formats and concepts that I really like. That's what I'm out pitching right now. And so I would say, first and foremost, focus on what you like. Secondly, look at what's out there. Is there something, is there something, is there a show you wish was on TV? A lot of times people come in and they pitch a show because they just want to sell a TV show. Mm. And they're all terrible ideas. And again, I saw through that right away. I'm not just handing out the big Ed McMahon-sized check to people just because I want programming. I want people who really know what they're doing, like really good storytellers and people who can actually craft a TV show. But I'm different than some people. So I would say, know what your core competency is. Find out what the stories you want to tell. Watch TV and you're like, gosh, I just wish that there was a reality show about clown college. Oh my gosh, that would be like the coolest thing ever. I always wanted to go to clown college. I went to clown college and whatever. There was one. And there were a couple actually, and they were kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. So something like that. What is a show you've always wanted to watch? TV's so narrow cast now. It's like every channel is so, so specific. If you have cable, and if you're under 30, you probably don't. <laughs> but let's talk about the old people, 35. If you have cable, what are you watching? Mm-hmm. What do you want to see on that channel? Like what kind of shows do you watch all the time? And what would you think, you know what would be like a great show on this channel? gosh, I would love to do this thing on this channel. Now, pay attention to that channel because channels basically cannibalize themselves and they become a derivative blob. I have a very favorite TV channel, two favorite TV channels that I watch all the time. I'm not going to name them. But every single show now on both of those channels is basically a carbon copy of itself. Mm. The original is good, but when you really were working with carbon paper back in the day, each one gets muddier and junkier and cruddier. Like the movie with Michael Keaton, Carbon Copy, right? Was that what it was called? I think it was called Carbon Copy. And each iteration of him was more and more like uh, rudimentary and and messed up. Yeah. So the first one is great. And then the next one is kind of like, oh, that's kind of like that other show. And then slowly there are five or six shows on your network that are exactly like the first one. And it's awful. 
And so you want to be that first one. You don't want to be two through five. Right. So look at the channel and say, okay, well, they're in their, they're in their one through five run right now. They're doing all of this now. They're doing all of the shows about people with big families. So I'm not going to pitch them a show about um, people who are rooftop gardeners, but that's coming up. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Sky high. So I'm not going to do that. Um, also, what shows do you admire? What channels do you admire? Like, I watch Viceland. Viceland is like the best network on TV. Every show on Viceland, it seems like everyone on the show is about to be arrested. <laughs> there's so many, there's so much stakes. Every single person on that, on that channel, every show is different, but everyone has something in common, which is they're all taking massive risks. And whether or not you're into a show about cannabis or about gay tourism or about, you know, weird food or whatever. You can't stop watching these people because they're just living on the edge and it's fascinating. So I love that channel and the shows are different, but they all have something in in common, which is danger. Hmm. And no other channel does that. That's interesting. Yeah. Each channel has its thumbprint and you can kind of figure it out pretty quickly. And then you don't go in there and you say, I have the perfect show for you (laughs) because you think you've cracked their code because you haven't cracked their code. So, so, so it's, it's uh, what's your core competency? Mm-hmm. Um, what is a show that you wish was on that channel? Because you know that channel so well yeah. that you think it will be interesting to them, not because they, you feel they need it, but you need it as a, as a viewer. Yeah. yeah. I can sense when someone comes in to pitch me a show, if they're going through a uh, gay Green Acres, no. Gay Dick Van Dyke show, no. Uh, a show about strippers who um, one of them's missing a limb, no. A show about strippers, uh, one of them's vegan, no. Uh, a show about strippers, three of them are black, one of them's gay, no. A show about strippers, two of them black, two of them are gay. It's like constantly. Right, right. There's nothing there. It's just, it's, it's vacant. Um, okay, so, uh, and then another test for people, things that they already have in place. Let's say that, you know, I have the rights to mm-hmm. um, this, uh, the, the daily life of this classic TV star. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. If, is, that, is that also something that gives them a leg up and says, for sure. okay. For right. sure. So if they have the, light, the rights to something that nobody else has the rights to. Yeah. An IP or a person. Yep. That's, that's pro. Okay. That's really pro. And even if it's something kind of wonky, it's, mm-hmm. it's still really cool. Because they can come in there and they can say, look, I've, got, I've secured the rights to the person who invented bowling ball return machines. Mm-hmm. And I would go, okay, you don't understand. 75% of the people who work at this company have lost four or more fingers, yet they still work there. <laughs> and the show's called You Gotta Have Balls. I feel bad that I'm, I'm <laughs> laughing at everything that you say. Because I, I think it, it's just all a little wrong to laugh at. But, man... Wendy, some of these are gold. You got to write this down. <laughs> the show's called You Got to Have Balls or, or On a Roll. And it's the most fascinating thing. You, and also there's a bowling tournament coming up. And every year, all of, the, all of the people who work at this bowling ball return company who have lost all of their fingers have a bowling tournament. And they bowl without fingers. And you've got to see this show. It's fascinating. I'm in. Right? I'm right. in. Right? Uh, I, I think the people who get to work with you now, the people that like are actually hiring you to consult on their on their projects, are very very lucky. Thank Is you. there any chance that that you will um, take this consulting that you're doing beyond like 
more for you know us little people out there, not just for the big production companies? Do you it think is that for you little ever? people. Yeah? It's just for little people. Okay. No, I'm not working with big production companies. Big production companies don't need my help. Okay. Like regular Bob and Betty beer can need my help. And so that's that's what I'm here to do. And I've kind of broken it down. There are certain things that you can do. There are certain mistakes that you can make. I should probably get organized and actually like create a curriculum. But I actually have steps, and I would be happy to coach people through a pitch. I can even show them how to produce a sizzle reel. I can even produce a sizzle reel for them and give them the tools that they need to succeed in the room. Should should people go to wendymiller.com? Or the, Wendy. the Wendy Miller. There are many Wendy Millers out there. I am the Wendy Miller. Uh, go to thewendymiller.com and uh, contact me, and I would be more than happy to work with you and help you figure out what your pitch is, how to get out of your own way, and how to get in the room with the most tools and the most advantage possible. Excellent. Thank you so much, Wendy, for being here again. My pleasure. Uh, so uh, hopefully it won't be every five years <laughs> that we have you on, but if it is... That means you know. you've been in business for a long time. Oh, it's just, Jesus. Imagine how old I'll be. Hey, Wendy, remember that time? <laughs> the that two of us. Did the thing at the place? What was it? I can't remember. That'll be great, though. We will have forgotten everything, so every conversation would be brand new. Right. We can just do it all over again. All over. No problem. Wendy, you rock. I, I, Wendy's like one of my favorite people. Thank you. I feel the same way. And I, I'm excited because, you know, when I first met Wendy, she was, she was a student. And then, you know, then she's, then she's like this huge big shot. And then I got to see you back in class again as a student. It was awesome. It so. was awesome. You've got it. You guys, seriously, you must take this class. <laughs> no matter where you are in your career, even if you've written before, there's a lot you can learn from Pilar. And she won't be mean to you like I will. <laughs> So if anybody does want to take a class, the next class that's coming up is July 8th or 8th and 9th. It is a two-day rewrite weekend. Remember, you can come from all over and take this. There's a cute hotel down this down the street. Do you ever go to Sportsman's Lodge? Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember do you remember like when it was like Sportsman's Lodge? Like yeah. like there were like I don't know, deer on the walls or whatever. It was like that kind it of place. It was very rustic and dumpy. Yeah. The lobby had yeah, you walked in it was all woodsy and weird. Yeah, and now it's like all sort of retro and, you know, cool and hipster. They're trying. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, that's in walking distance. And uh, come up, you know, hang out for two days and get stuff done on your screenplay or your original pilot. And you don't have to have a complete first draft either. You can come in with an outline and you will emerge in two days a better writer. Just, just got to pop you out of the toaster. There you go. There you go. Okay. So I would love to see you here. Go to onthepage.tv and check that out. Um, I think that's about it. Just just uh, got to say another thank you to Wendy. Thank you, Wendy Miller. Thank you for having me. It's been my pleasure. And thanks to all of you for listening. Have a good writing week. 